0: Big moves in New Zealand in bonds, in the dollar, in equities, all because the RBNZ did just what people had expected. Except for the odd bank, of course. They kept rates on hold. We'll decipher that. Plus, US GDP is revised down a bit, but not enough to move mountains. No surprise yesterday on Aussie CPI. But what about retail sales today? NAB's expecting quite a bounce back, perhaps a bit more than consensus. Helped by the fact that we've got a bit more data to look at. It's Thursday, the 29th of February, 2024. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, 29th of February, it's a leap day, supposedly the day when women can ask men to marry them. Unless you're already married, of course. Uh, Don't don't, don't do it. That could be very problematic. If you're born on a leap day, uh, you're called a leapling. And you'll also look a lot older than your age suggests as well, because, you know, you're only living for one year for every four that the rest of us take. So, uh, look, today, a small move up in the US dollar. It was uh, 0.4% up at its height today, but now less than 0.1% up on yesterday. Uh, The Aussie is down 0.7%, just below 65 US cents now. The Kiwi dollar has lost 1.3%. The pound is down 0.2%, the euro just in the red. US 10-year treasuries down four basis points this morning Um, Uh, That's just moved in the last hour or so, actually. Uh, It was just uh, one or two basis points uh, not long ago. This morning, uh, just one point down in Germany, France, UK and Spain, but down nine basis points in New Zealand. Aussie 10 years were down three basis points yesterday to 4.16%, which is where they've stuck on futures overnight. And US equities are down at close, just 0.1% off for the Dow, 0.6%. For the NASDAQ, the S&P down 0.2%. The Russell 2000 down eight-tenths of a percent in Europe. The DAX closed a quarter percent lower. The FTSE 100 lost three quarters of one percent. Yesterday we saw one and a half percent off the Hang Seng and 1.3 percent off the CSI 300. In New Zealand, equity investors loved the RBNZ decision because shares were up 0.6 percent yesterday uh, against a small fall in the all-ordinaries in Australia. An oil half percent lower today for WTI, just 0.2 percent less for Brent, Uh, scarcely worth mentioning. But we have mentioned it, so uh, what can we do about that? Uh, Let's talk about something that is worth talking about. Let's start with the RBNZ yesterday because we've seen the response in bonds, in the Kiwi dollar, in equities. NAB's Ken Compton is with me today from Sydney to talk about it. And look, for a central bank that did nothing, that was quite a response yesterday, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, good morning Phil. The RBNZ um, meeting um, meeting the, our colleagues at BNZ's expectations at least by not moving yesterday, so cash rates still on hold there at five and a half. They've still maintained a bit of a tightening bias there. You know, they. The RBNZ publishes a, a forecast rate track profile. There's still a little bit of a, a little bit of a hint in there, and things increasing. But you know, reading through the statement, you know, the bank's talking about how core inflation is um, is is falling, um, and in particular, looking at uh, measures of, of inflation expectations, that's something that they were sort of quite strident on late last year. You know, that that's falling as well. We saw that in data ahead of the print. So I think um, you know, there was just, market reaction was basically unwinding the. Fear of, you know, maybe maybe Governor Orr could, um, and now we've sort of seen things converge a, a bit closer to what we'd see as more of a sensible sort of economic forecast in that sense.
0: Yeah, and the ANZ uh, fessing up in the New Zealand Herald uh, today saying, we got this one totally wrong. Uh, but, you know, we all get stuff wrong occasionally, don't we? But look, let's look at what Governor Orr said in the, the press conference, because it was fairly dovish, wasn't it? He said... Strong consensus that rates were sufficient. Uh, the hardest variable to manage is productivity, he said, but they're not alone in that. This is a disinflation period and the, the economy faces a soft landing scenario. It all sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yeah, certainly a much more nuanced Nuanced rhetoric than the than, than governor has been using a little bit lately. I mean, even in looking at their commentary on the immigration pressures on the economy last year, um, yeah, that was initially when that sort of initially sort of cropped up in the statement. I think probably November was the first time that really got heavily measured. You know, the the reference there was primarily to the inflationary consequences of inflation. Yeah, that was talked about again yesterday, but now it's talking about sort of the supply and the demand influences. Which I guess if you compare that to the RBA, is the is the line that the RBA has taken on on immigration. As well, so sort of a, a con- convergence in those views there, and I think, um, you know, to the extent that the RBNZ has been looking for reasons to, to keep hawkish rhetoric and sort of keep the keep. Sort of forward guidance upward, um, you know they're they're starting to, to soften around the edges on that. So, you know that's giving our BNZ colleagues even greater confidence that the you know the the, the RBNZ is genuinely done. You know, I mean we still have, um, and I think at this point they're still holding to their call that um, the rates get cut very late in the year.
0: Right, okay. Uh, Aussie CPI uh, same as December yesterday, three point four percent in January. It was expected to tick up a little, but it didn't. So happy days. But as we've been saying over the last couple of days, you know, this, uh, don't take these numbers too seriously
1: yeah exactly I mean, looks um, Taylor and, and colleagues have, have talked extensively about how that number is heavily skewed towards goods and that isn't necessarily where the RBA sees the the, the latent or, or, the, or the homegrown inflation problem in Australia so nothing new really out of that data in that sense um, yeah and looking at sort of a one of the sort of core measures we tease out of that you know um, yeah, excluding fuel fruit and veg and, and, and travel you know that sort of lands at four point1 from 4.2 so that was um, that, that was Sort of in line with our expectations, so that that didn't undershoot. So we don't see too much implications for the RBA. From that, they're you know, still looking for a cut in November. We'll wait; um, got a long wait.
0: Yeah. Uh, construction work was down uh, from 1.3 percent to 0.7 percent, a bit below expectations. But do you think you know? Is there a chance? Just throwing this out out there. You know, do you think interest rates might have a bit to do with that?
1: Possibly could. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say there is. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd say there is some impact on that. Um, but I mean, I mean, looking at sort of the more sort of shorter term housing market activity data as opposed to purely purely new construction. You know, we are sort of seeing increased sort of housing turnover and that sort of thing but certainly the, the interest rate increases over the course of last year would have would have had an impact and even more so what those interest rate increases are reacting to which is of course CPI you know and construction cost CPI has been yeah has ha, ha, has been a, a laggard in coming down that still does remain know, yeah, relatively high we did even sort of see um, a little bit of that in um, here in, in that CPI data yesterday that we were just talking to so I'd Put a put, put a fair chunk of it down to that, and and infl- inflation is sort of failing to failing to slow off there. I mean, what we did see—you mentioned the weakness in um, in residential construction. You know, in in contrast, in non-residential and non-residential and public construction that was actually up a bit. Although on net, you know, when this is sort of pushed into uh, CPI oh, sorry GDP forecasts for for next week or the week after, it's probably still a net drag on on growth of, of, of 0.2, we think, given the the way the private components of this data flow well, through.
0: Talking about GDP uh, forecast, the uh, the second read on the US GDP growth rate was revised a little. Q on Q for Q4, it's now 3.2%, down slightly from the 3.3% from the first read, uh, still well down on the 4.9% uh, Q on Q number for Q3. So heading in the wrong direction, Um so what's what's driving that? And is it? I mean, it's just point one percent. Is that enough to be worried?
1: Well, markets certainly weren't worried about it. Uh, yeah, barely any sort of barely yeah. any sort of reaction across bonds or equities, which makes sense. I mean, to, to some extent, relatively minor revisions, and this is data now that's pointing back, obviously, you know, nearly um, sort of well at, well at, well over two months now. I think the thing we'd still point to though is that even at uh, even at three point two percent, you're still looking at a US real growth rate there that is that is above trend, despite an economy which by that point had um, had taken. Five hundred plus um, basis points of tightening. I
0: think it was the fall in inventories, wasn't it, which was driving a lot of it. I mean, we still had very strong household spending at that. Time. Yeah, so,
1: and that was actually yeah. probably the more important detail to tease out of that. That second read was that um, it was actually the, the household expenditure was actually was actually revised up a little mm. bit. So, to the extent we've we'll been waiting for the U.S. consumer to be the segment that's been hit by high rates, um, yeah, sort of no no clue in that data that that was that was what was happening. So yeah, inventories and, and investment rather than rather than the consumer. So no sort of red red flags there for the Fed.
0: Right, but also what about uh, PCE then? So we got the core PCE, the quarterly figures, because we get the monthly figures uh, today, but the quarterly, quarter on quarter, we were up 2.1%. Uh, that is higher than the last quarter, and also higher than the first estimate for this quarter, which were both at 2%, so slightly up on prices. As I say, we get the full figures uh, today, but I mean, should this be a concern about what we're going to get in the next 24 hours. Well,
1: I think we've seen some stronger January CPI data come through, the, the, and the market has repriced dramatically over the course of the past month. So I think the marginal surprise to the market from having those um, PC numbers revised up a touch for Q4 is, is pretty modest. Uh, and with the more timely January data coming out tonight, the market's probably more looking forward to that. And I mean, even on that, um, you know, the I think the consensus for PC, core PC tonight is sitting at 0.4%. If you printed that number, that's the the highest headline increase in a year. Which, um, which... May or may not be um, sort of exciting in itself, I suppose, but um, but that that's probably the, the the more timely thing to watch. Um, and on top of that, you know, we do get some of the revisions that were put into the CPI data the other week. That that starts to come through as well. So the market sort of biased has been biased towards getting getting a little bit of upside surprise here. And you know, if you consider that over the past month, you know, we've seen ten year treasury yields, you know, sell off upwards of um, upwards of fifty basis points. The market's pretty comprehensively repriced. Or already, so the. the Marginal surprise is getting slower.
0: So, I wonder if we're going to get anything new out of Fed speakers. I mean, not lately, have we? So, we've got Bostick, Goolsby, Mester uh, all talking uh, over the next 24 hours. So, lots there for your delectation and delight. Uh, we also had uh, John Williams from the New York Fed talking at a meeting of the Long Island Association uh, in Garden City, in New York. He said, We have to navigate the remainder of this journey. I will be focused on the data, the economic outlook, and the risks. Without giving any signals at all about when they might cut, which is what most people, would, you know, would want to know. maybe not the people at Long Island; they probably don't care too much. They just want to know if their money's safe in Nvidia shares. Uh, but did we uh, did we glean anything else from him or any other central bankers overnight? It
1: was a, it's a huge a of headlines out there from Fed officials overnight, isn't there? And um, you're know, just sort of reading through some from Williams in particular. You know, he's talking about there's still a ways to go on on two percent inflation. Yeah, that's not a, that that's hardly a new sentiment from amongst any any Fed officials. I think one. One sort of, I guess, slightly prescient point there is he commented about how basically the strong economy is giving them time to analyse the data. So, you know, it's not a case of having inflation falling rapidly into what is obviously a rapidly slowing US economy. And I think, as as he said, you know, that sort of does allow them to to sit there and, and and, and sort of definitively decide whether the, the inflation decline is real and, and avoid stirring, um, avoid sort of re stirring activity a bit too early but by cutting a bit too fast and too soon. So, pretty much the same theme that Fed officials have, have hammered on over the course of the past. Well, almost since shortly after the December cut. Oh, sorry, the December the, the December meeting. So n- nothing new in that sense, but but I think that sentiment is important. Um, you know, the Fed is going to stay a little bit high for longer and markets are sort of finally getting that. Hence why you've got you know, um, yeah, as as I was saying before, ten year treasury yields 4.3, 2 year up at. Um, uh, 4.7, yeah, even with the curve a little bit steeper overnight.
0: Well, today Australia's retail sales, December was a shocker, of course. It was down 2.7%. So can we assume a bounce back? Well, we can if we look at the online retail sales numbers for January from NAB, because of course you know we've got uh, lots of insights from uh, spending patterns through the bank. We saw a massive rebound of 11.1% in January from a fall of 3.3% in December. This is just online. So if we saw that sort of bounce back online, presumably we can extrapolate that and say, well we can expect quite a good sizable bounce in retail sales generally in January.
1: Yeah, we're looking for one point eight percent month on month today. That's is a little bit stronger than consensus. And um, you know part of what informs that is what we're seeing in our in our internal data, the where we sort of where where we analyze sort of the, the spending data that NAB sees. Part of that the, the online the online retail sales is part of that also sort of our broader look at, um, uh, at at spending which is published in our monthly data insights publication that's sort of informing that view as well and you know part of the issue this is probably the, the the area of Australian data and in fact, global data that's most impacted by the changes in, um, in in sales activity in, in in the latter part of the year now with that sort of transition from Boxing Day sales to, uh, to to Black Friday sales. So that's going to be part of the, part of the change as well, but um, that, sort of our internal data give you a bit of confidence we're going to see a rebound
0: well also housing credit and more broadly private sector credit and capital expenditures today for Australia as well look you mentioned uh, US core PCE and what we're expecting there 0.4% over a rise against 0.2% the month-on-month figure for for December so I mean if we're expecting that uh, will the markets react or we one of those situations where the markets still go well we're expecting that but we're still going to react to it anyway what, what are we how, how are the markets going to take this today
1: could could well be another one of those second decimal place moves days, possibly, looking into whether it's, a, you know, whether it's a 0.3 you know, a, a 0.38 or a point four two, so to speak, um, I I think given the extent of the rates repricing and the fact that you know, if you look at um, the US forwards curve at the moment, you know, you're still tracking towards roughly 80 basis points of Fed pricing over the Fed cuts priced over the course of this year. That's roughly in line with where they're seeing um, their dot plot, which you'd assume is off a relatively um, sort of a relatively sort of stable inflation profile. Um, I I struggle to see too much scope for rates to, to sell off. I mean, unless, uh, as in rates to rise, unless yeah, you you do get a significant upside surprise. So I think an Akin census 0.4 is, um, probably brings a little bit of relief to the market more than anything else. Just a bit of a personal
0: okay, assessment. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. We're running out of time, but I mean, there's still a lot to say because we've got Canada's GDP for Q4 as well. The question about whether the jobless claims in the U- US, are they going to fall again? And uh, inflation as well. We don't get the full euro area inflation. That's tomorrow, but we um we we get germany and spain and france uh yeah all of those uh, ahead of the uh, the euro-wide one tomorrow. So, yeah, lots going on, isn't there? Uh, But we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk. Catch you next time. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And I see Mitch McConnell is stepping down as the Senate leader this November in the United States as well. Uh, It's just been announced uh, in the last hour, probably he wants to get away before Trump gets in, but he has been the longest-serving Senate leader in US history. Everyone's got a use-by date, haven't they? I I just hope mine isn't too soon. That's it for me. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you soon. Thanks for listening.